Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Behind the Bliss podcast. I'm your host, Mary Scott, and today I have the privilege of interviewing my friend, Courtney Wilson. Courtney is a blogger and an author, and we had the chance to meet this summer at She Speaks. Courtney wrote a book called It Is Written, which is all about the importance of fighting the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. She also tells us what it's like to self-publish a book and what it's like to fight the comparison trap online. Let's dive in. Courtney, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, Mary Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I um, Well, just for the listeners, you and I connected over Instagram, and then we actually got to meet in person just a few weeks ago at She Speaks. So I am just so excited to have you on the show and for everyone to hear um, about you and about your book and all sorts of fun things that come with that. So tell the listener a little bit about who Courtney is. Yeah. So I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I actually work full-time in marketing right now, and I'm also a writer, author, blogger, creative on the side. So I have several different side hustles, um, but I'm just really passionate about leading leaders and equipping women for their God-given purpose. And I just have a huge heart for our generation and just the, the stuff that our generation is able to do nowadays with technology and just the purpose that's on our lives. I feel like it's heavily attacked. And so I have a huge heart for helping millennials and Gen Z and our generation really just be able to understand their purpose in God and be able to go forth and do more with their lives than kind of what social media portrays us doing. Well, that is amazing. And I think you do such a great job of that online in the way that you um foster your community online. I, I could tell you were do, like so great at this when after she speaks, you were ready to gather everyone that you met and everyone that participated in, in staying in touch in a group online together. So I just feel like you're so gifted and talented at um, figuring out ways to keep people connected. And I would agree. And I think we talk about this too at Proverbs a lot, like social media isn't going anywhere and everyone's there. So we may as well meet people where they are. And um, I think that you do such a great job of that. So I am so impressed at the ways in which you have gone about that. And one of the ways that you have done that is you wrote your first book. Um, and so will you just tell the listener a little bit about it is written and sort of like the story behind how that happened. And then I have all of the questions on what it meant to um, even begin writing a book and self-publishing a book and all those things. But can we talk about the book just for a second and your heart behind it and where it all came from? Yeah, absolutely. So the idea for the book was laid on my heart probably about four years ago. I I graduated college and started getting involved at my church in Birmingham and was serving at our student conference, which is a huge conference that we have at the convention center here. And I just felt kind of this prompting when Christine Kane, who is an awesome speaker, she was speaking mm-hmm. and I just felt this kind of call to ministry in a way, but I knew it wasn't kind of the typical, you know, work at the local church kind of call. And I felt called to write and speak. And I was slightly terrified because I was like, okay, God, like, are you sure? 
Um, and I really, I've always loved writing and it's always been a huge passion of mine. It's always been kind of one of the ways that I am able to hear from God is just through writing. And I felt like I was called to write a book. And so the idea came for this particular book, whenever I realized I was struggling with different lies that I was facing and I was constantly Googling scripture saying like, okay, Google, what is scripture for identity? What is scripture Mm -hmm. for uh, unforgiveness or what is scripture for rejection? Because, you know, sometimes we open the Bible and it's a little intimidating. You're like, where do I turn? Like, how do I know exactly how to find this scripture on fear? And so I would just constantly Google scripture. And the idea kind of came into my head whenever I was reading in Matthew about how Jesus was in the wilderness and he was being tempted by Satan and Mm -hmm. Satan would come against him with different lies and he would reply with, it is written. And that was his constant response with, it is written, then followed by scripture to basically overcome the lie with God's truth. And so that's really where the book came from is that scripture. And I knew that I wanted it to be a quick, easy resource for people. It was something that I needed myself. And so they always say, you know, write the book that you need yourself. So I decided that that happened four years ago where the idea was planted in my heart and always thought I would end up traditionally publishing however that looked like. And so I just began working on a blog and all the things it kind of takes for that. And last November, I was getting coffee with a friend. And it's funny how whenever God puts something in your heart, you yes. kind of it kind of keeps coming up, you know, like someone will remind you or someone will say something like, oh yeah, I have an idea for that. Or, oh yeah, actually there's something I'm working on or something that I want to actually do around that to help people. And so for, (laughs) yeah. So for me, I was like, it kept coming up and I was like, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. And so I was at this place last November where I was just kind of feeling stuck in my calling. I had my blog and I had kind of the path that I knew God was taking me on. But they always say, you know, whenever you feel stuck with God, kind of go back to the last thing you felt like he distinctly told you to do and do it. So I was getting coffee with my friend Winnie and she was like, I told her the book idea and she's like, oh my gosh, Courtney, you have to write this book. She's like, I need this book. So many other people would be impacted by it. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. So I just kind of got serious about it and was like, okay, I feel really led to do this. So I'm just going to, and I'd kind of been, you know, keeping pieces of paper here and there writing notes down about it. So I had a lot of the context for it. I just never sat down to do it. So long story short, I finally in November decided, you know what, I've seen other people self-publish and maybe this is just the way that God's going to bring this about is just to self-publish and see what happens with it. So I did my research. I learned kind of all about self-publishing. I had a mentor that actually self-published a uh, Bible study And so I decided to just see what it would be like, and I realized it wasn't going to cost me really any money to do it, which was also an easy way to take a leap of faith because I wasn't going to, you know, spend a lot of money doing this, not more than maybe $100. So I decided to go for it, and I really just started praying about what were the areas that people needed kind of that freedom or that truth in. And so that's where I got the topics for the book. It each chapter is devotional style. So it's meant to be kind of where you can read, whether it's a chapter on identity and calling, and you need to know God's truth about that, or you need to know God's truth about unforgiveness or rejection or fear. It's designed so that you can turn to whatever chapter Mm -hmm. it is that you're needing that day to read God's truth about whatever that feeling or that thing is that you're facing. 
So really that was the heart and the design behind it to be a resource to equip people with God's truth. And everything in the book is something that I've faced myself and still face. (laughs) I've had to recently go back to my book and kind of read through some of those scriptures. And of course, after you kind of read through it, it helps you and equips you for actually going to your Bible and helping you find that scripture in your Bible to help equip you further. So that's really the heart behind the book and kind of how it came to be. Well, I feel like I want to go in so many different directions. (laughs) Um, But I first want to just say, like, I want you to hear how, how easy it would have been for you to say, you know, I don't know how to publish a book and I don't have the funds to do it. So I'm just going to let this sit back for a few years until I have enough money to do it or until someone else believes in the idea. But you decided to just go ahead and walk that out in obedience and you figured out how to do it. And I think that's it's truly amazing. And I kind of get stuck in that perfectionism trap sometimes where if I don't know how to do it or do it well, then I'm not going to do it. But sometimes you have to go um, about something in an imperfect way and figure it out and get kind of get scrappy. And not that self-publishing is scrappy, but just, I think it's, it speaks a lot to your, um, work ethic and yet also your obedience to the Lord to take the steps you needed, um, to figure out how to do it. And so I just want, I have so many questions, but I, A, I just want to, I feel like someone might want to know, like, what does it even look like to self-publish a book? And how do you even say, okay, okay, God, I hear you and I want to write a book. So I'm going to do it. Like, how did you even start, um, how did you make time for it? How did you organize it? Like t- what was all that like? And then I want to go into just kind of the content of the book because you were so kind to send me it and I've been using it as a resource for me over the last few days and I've been really loving it. So just tell us about the ins and outs of yeah. getting the idea for a book and making it happen. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like too, it is all in God's timing as well, whether it is self-publishing or it is traditionally publishing. And I feel like you kind of know whenever you get, like I was saying, like you get those constant reminders that something's needed and you kind of feel that nudge from God to go ahead and do it. So I feel like you'll know when the timing's right because you'll just continue to get those kind of those um, confirmations. And for me, um, I will say I'm a type one Enneagram, so I'm definitely a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. So it is Mm -hmm. hard for me at times to just do something. And I think that's maybe why God was preparing me for this message that I wrote through this book over the last several years. And I feel like the reason it was time now is because he kind of walked me through all those different things that which enabled me to write about it. It's hard to write about something when you're still in the middle of it. Um, yes. There's a way to do that if you're in the middle of it. But at the same time, you kind of want to be on the other side of something before you write about it because you don't want to leave your reader in the mess with you. You want to give them that hope. So for mm-hmm. me, I knew that God had walked me through the different topics of the book and it was a lot of long, hard seasons. Um, But taking that leap of faith to just do it was really difficult just because I was like, okay, I don't know how to do this. And I'm the kind of person who likes to know everything about something before I do it. And so (laughs) having that perfectionist mindset definitely was a challenge and something God worked um, in and out of me with writing this book. But what I did was I just kind of did some research and realized that I had the skills necessary because I have a background in design and I have a background with writing. 
and I had friends who were able to edit. So I was able to do it fairly cheaply because I didn't have to pay for a lot of resources. That's pretty amazing, Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) But if you don't have those resources, you never know like what friends you have or just people at like a local college or who you can collaborate with that could help you do something cheaply. So I would never rule something out because of the what ifs, the, oh my gosh, like I don't have someone to design this or I don't have someone to edit this or whatever. Any kind of what I did was like write, wrote any excuses out on paper and kind of realized like if God wants something to happen, he'll provide the resources to do it. Mm, That's good. So for me with writing the book, I, I first just started with kind of the brainstorming phase and went through all the different topics that I was wanting. And then I found all the scriptures that resonated with me for that and then kept narrowing it down just through prayer and just through what would make sense to the audience the most and what would be the most kind of um, impactful. But yeah, if you're wanting to write a book, I would say start. Just start writing. It's scary when you're staring at a blank page because you're like, okay, where do I, how do I even get started? Like, where do I go from here? But the first draft doesn't have to be perfect. And that's what I had to remind myself is the first draft is, is that it's just a draft. So for me, I just kind of started writing. I just picked somewhere and started, even if it was in the middle or at the end. Um, I really wasn't sure of the order when I first wrote the book. And I later went back and just rearranged it how I thought made the most sense. Um, but yeah, so just, just get started and just don't let anything be an excuse for, for what you're wanting to do. So so yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been reading a book for work actually called everyone writes. I don't know if you, or everybody writes. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, but our team has been reading it together because we're writing more content and producing more content on a weekly basis. And, one of the chapters kind of said the same thing that you were saying, like sometimes you just have to get it out there um, because you're never going to feel or be ready or feel like you're in the right ambiance or the right location or whatever to do the writing you need to do. And sometimes you're not going to have the fluid thoughts and sometimes you will and it'll come out and you know it's like exactly what needed to happen. But I've noticed that my writing has greatly increased and improved when I just, um, like I'll open Evernote or Google docs and I'll just have a blank page and I'll just write down any thought that comes to mind. Um, no matter what, if it's like a quote unquote sticky statement or if it, um, just is thoughts and about an idea. And then after I just brain dump it, then later I can step away and come back and kind of piece it together. Um, and I've noticed that that has kept me like less frozen and able to kind of like fluidly write things more often and more frequently by just like getting it out on paper. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. You just kind of have to begin Mm -hmm. um, because if you wait for, you know, the perfect fluid written sentence, like then you're never going to actually do it. And I would say too, I don't know if you found this to be true, but you can't necessarily edit as you at the beginning stages either. Like Mm -hmm. you just need to like write it down in really yucky ways and messy ways. What brought you to the place of, I mean, I know you were saying there was some stuff you were struggling with at the time, but did was there anything that sort of spurred on realizing this was true in your life or was it just reading the Bible? Yeah, so I've always kind of struggled with reading the Bible just because um, growing up, you know, I grew up in church, but it was kind of more religious until I graduated college and started going to the church I go to now and realized that 
you can have that relationship with Jesus. And so for me, I realized it was freeing all of a sudden that I could have delight in reading the Bible and it wasn't this, oh my gosh, I have to wake up and I have to do mm-hmm. this thing. And so I actually went through a small group at my church that is, it's called Freedom and it takes you through kind of how to overcome lies. And so that was kind of the basis that led me to the book was realizing that, you know, it says in Hebrews 4.12 that that the word is like a double-edged sword. And I just never really understood the power in God's word. And I think that's where today's world in today's generation, we get so far away from is just not understanding the true power that's held in God's word, that it's alive and breathing. And as I began to study scripture in a way that came more alive to me and understand that it's really can be used as a weapon against the lies, um, that's what really helped me. And that's what kind of led me with writing this book is wanting to equip other people with God's word in that same mm-hmm. way. Um I think that a lot of times, I know I don't know if anybody else is like this, but for me, I get really um, into my thoughts and overthink a lot. And I can kind of get in that kind of Eve mindset where I'm entertaining thoughts that I don't even realize at the moment are yes. from the enemy. Like all of a sudden I'm doubting myself and all these different things and saying, oh, did God really say this? And mm-hmm. I realize like, oh, that's not a thought I should even be allowing. And so just having scripture just so deep in your heart really helps because you can quickly recall God's promises, who God is, who God says you are. And that's really kind of the root of it all and builds that foundation. And that's what I really hoped this book would do was kind of build a foundation for people and send them to their Bibles in a way that would help it come alive and that they could recall scripture whenever those thoughts start to face them. And yeah, so so that's kind of where all of that came for me. And that's where I wanted this book to be a resource. Well, you said on page two that Satan doesn't speak truth. He twists everything around to deceive us. And I think um, one of the, honestly, his one of he thinks his best tactics of Satan is that it sounds true, you know? It's mm-hmm. like this 5% shift on its axis of, well, that really, it like can sound so much like God, but it's that, it's that 5% shift that if we are not spending time in the word and in just the presence of God, we won't be able to detect what that 5% shift is. And I think that's where, again, like saturating, saturating our minds in truth, like you and I would be able, if, you know, if we've been spending time with the Lord and in the word, we would be able to, to shift and know, like be able to detect what that lie is. But for the times that we get, um, you know, too busy or we get kind of cocky in our faith and we're not spending that time with the Lord and his word, we aren't as like fluid and, and being able to detect that little bit of a shift. And so I think that's such an important, um, just whole important part. And again, like such an amazing part of why you provided this resource so that we can kind of take each day to day. And what the reader would find in your book too, is that you aren't giving us like so much content for each thing that is overwhelming. You simply just give us a scripture, um, a, sm- a small reflection, and then a space where we can um, kind of process that truth on our own. And what I like about the scriptures in the book is that they're small enough to almost be used for scripture memory. Um, and so I think that's what I'm going to use this 
resource for too is like being able to memorize these scriptures for each of the different topics um as as i need it so that they can be like the sword and shield sword and shield for my brain so i love the way that you designed it and gave space for that um okay courtney what does it look like for someone to practically walk out what they felt like God might be calling them to do? Did you press, I know you said you process this with people, but what else did it look like for you in, in the ways that you, okay, you felt called to do this and you figured out how to do it, but how did you feel like, what are some practical ways to walk out that obedience? Yeah. So something that someone said to me one time that really kind of shook me was delayed, delayed obedience is still disobedience. Oh my gosh. I was like, that was a huge ouch moment where I was like, oh, okay. Um, I guess I need to do this. Um, and so for me, practically walking it out was doing the steps necessary for the research kind of learning, um, just like a football player, they, they may be naturally talented at something, but they still go to practice every day. They still learn their craft. They still kind of do the necessary steps in order to play in the game. And so for writers, a lot of times I feel like, and or whatever it is that you feel like you're supposed to be obedient to or whatever your calling is, um, I feel like sometimes when it's a talent like this, where it's speaking or writing, it can get a little sticky where you feel like, oh, I don't have to practice or I don't have to do these things. But if you're feeling called to write or speak, just start practicing, whatever that looks like, whether it's starting a podcast or YouTube videos, or if it's writing, starting a blog or just a micro blog on Instagram. So for me, a practical step of obedience for writing was writing on Instagram and writing on my blog, um, which kind of later led to the book. But I just had to get started and realize that um, what I had to say was not something that was my idea. It's God speaking through me. And so if it's going to help somebody, then it's our responsibility to steward the gifts God's given us. And just putting your, it is scary to put yourself out there. I will say some of my most vulnerable blog posts were the ones that spoke the most to people. But for me, it was really scary. Um, But yeah, just listening for God's release. If you're feeling, again, those nudges, you're feeling um, kind of that push from God, then I would say just take a step. But it's all about baby steps. I mean, nothing's overnight. Um, and God's grace is so beautiful and he is gracious enough to walk us through it. He's not just going to shove you off the edge and be like, okay, go fly. He's going to build your character along the way. He's going to do all the different things that it takes for you to get to wherever he's calling you to, whether it's speaking or writing or being a mom or whatever that looks like. Um, and another thing that really just kind of helped me with walking out obedience was just remembering that we're doing it for the well done. We're doing it for that eternal uh, purpose and perspective of when we get to heaven, sitting in front of Jesus and him saying, well done, good and faithful servant. And that really drives me because I never want to get to heaven and see all that I could have done, but I was too nervous or too kind of self-consumed that I didn't just do it. And just being confident in what God's calling you to, he's gifted each and every person with something specific and he put you here on purpose for a reason. And I love what Christine Kane says. She said our calling isn't ours to hide or hoard. And that really was something wow. that got me. Yeah. I was like, wow. Oh. <laughs> so if I'm holding on to this and I know God's called me to do it. It's actually kind of being selfish in a way because it's it's not allowing that gift to help change somebody else's life. And that's 
that's just such a beautiful thing to realize that we're here for other people. We're not really here for ourselves. We're here to help uh, lead other people and help heal other people. That's so good. Have you felt like in in kind of the oversaturation on Instagram and on the internet of blogging and all those things that it's been really easy to fall into the trap of comparison or do you feel like it's been more more like a blessing in the sense that you feel like God has blessed you with amazing community and people that champion one another and like is it something that you struggle with as you as you post things and as you write um just fighting the lie that you know so-and-so is doing it differently or so-and-so might be doing it better or anything like that do you have any like is that something that you struggle with (laughs) absolutely it's definitely something I struggle with and have struggled with and still definitely struggle with at times. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing is like nobody's nobody's perfect. And even though we struggle with things, God graciously will work things out of us and allow us to be in search, certain situations to kind of help us overcome things. But it's kind of like, you know, peeling back the layers and comparison is definitely something I've struggled a lot with. And God has definitely been working with me on that because it is, it's difficult whenever you feel called to do something that's on the internet because it's a constant place of comparison. It just unfortunately is, but I feel called to do what I do on the internet because it is such a place of comparison. So it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way because I feel called to do something in a place where it definitely fuels that same comparison. And I definitely had to overcome that when I first started my blog. So I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many people out there who are already blogging. They already have all the followers and all the things. And then once I finally overcame that and got started in my blog and got started with writing and putting myself out there more on Instagram and just on the internet in general, I had to overcome the um, kind of the overnight fame kind of thing of seeing other people who all of a sudden they have, you know, 20,000 followers or they have 50,000 or a million or whatever it is and realizing like, I can't compare my beginning to their middle and God has. That's so important. That (laughs) is so important. Thank you for saying that. And I, Try and remember that we it is so easy to look at someone who's been doing this so much longer than you and say, well, why am I not there yet? But you do not see what's going on behind the scenes. You just don't. And that is such an important truth. So thank you. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, wow. you're fine. Yeah. No, that's just, it's so true though, because you have no idea the steps it took for them to get to where they are. And God has different spheres of influence for each of us and he has different timing for each of us. And the thing that he's really been kind of teaching me with all of that is he is working on me and he's working on the character that he's building in me. And I can't compare my journey to somebody else's because he may be working on something totally different with them. Um, But I love Lisa Bevere. She's an author and she wrote a book called Without Rival. And in her book, she talks about how God did not create us all equally. And she said that God actually created us uniquely because we cannot replace each other. So if we're created equally, that would mean that, you know, if I decide to stop blogging, then you can easily replace me as the same exact blogger. And that's, that's just not how God created us. He created us all uniquely. So we each have our own specific purpose. So even if there's, you know, a million bloggers out there, you're going to reach a whole set of different um, people in your sphere of influence than, you know, the person down the street will, or if you're a photographer or whatever, but it is intimidating when the field is so saturated, but you just have to realize like you are called to reach a certain group of people and it's up to God what how big that 
circle gets. Um, and I think if we just steward what God's given us, um, he will definitely allow our influence to grow and go wherever he wants it to go. But the biggest thing to remember is we all have influence, no matter if we're blogging or if we're just working in the corporate world or whatever it is, there's somebody in your life that you're influencing. And when we compare, it kind of just, it, it just almost is like an insult to God in a way. And I say this out of love because I've had to tell myself this, but it's almost like insulting God saying, oh, what you created in me is not good enough her better or whatever. So it's almost saying, okay, God, I trust what you have put in me. I trust the gifts you've given me and I trust the influence you've given me and the grace you've given me to do what you're calling me to do. And so I'm going to cheer her on. And so that's really why I've wanted to cultivate community so much is because I've realized the more you can cheer somebody else on and have that community with them, the less you compare to them. And so that's really my heart behind community as well. Well, what I think you've done an amazing job at fostering that community and haven't you, have you found that it's been easier to lock arms with people and that people are encouraged when you reach out to collaborate and to cheer one another on or what has been your experience? I would assume that people are so grateful when you, um, reach out to cheer one another on, but what have been some ways that you have done that, um, and fostered that community and, and became become friends with people who might be doing the same thing. Yeah. So what was really cool too was I got to experience that a lot at She Speaks this year. Um, I got to meet so many different people, including you from Instagram. Um, And that was really awesome because I, growing up, I've never, I never had kind of that friend group of girls who would cheer you on and that sort of thing. I unfortunately got involved with kind of the wrong group of people in high school. And so once I graduated college and got involved in small groups, it was just so important to me to find godly community. And that's what I've realized too on the internet is there's so many opportunities just to partner with other godly women who are chasing after God in their lane. And when you realize like we each have our own lane and we we're not competing, but we're all on the same mission, we're on the same mission to advance the kingdom of God and to win people for him. Um, it just makes it so much easier. But yeah, just getting to meet different people and reaching out to collaborate and not being scared to like, I used to get so scared, like, oh my gosh, what are they going to think if I ask them to collaborate on this giveaway or ask them to write a blog post or whatever it is. But I found that people are actually like more than willing to collaborate with you. And so it's just kind of overcoming that thought of what are they going to think and realizing that we all have something to offer. So why not partner together and foster community in a way that grows the influence that we can all reach in the circle that we can all reach. So it's also, it's just been really great just um, partnering with people and just making new friends. It's just been really awesome. Okay. This is going to be a maybe out of the box question, but I want to know this. What lie are you using the scriptures to defeat right now? Hmm. I think the- <laughs> I think the lie that I've been facing the most recently has been kind of that in that waiting season. I've been in a waiting season for a while for several things that that I feel like God has promised, but they just it's just not time yet. And so for me, it's just continuing to be patient in the waiting. Um, and so one of the scriptures that I always hang on to whenever I start to question God's timing or 
or waiting with God, whether it's in my career or with being single or with um, just the ministry that I feel like God's given me is Psalm 8411. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And that's actually um, one I wrote about in the book. And it's always kind of stood out to me and been a promise I've held on to is just realizing he's not withholding anything good from me. And just understanding his character, that we serve a good God. And if we don't have something, it's either because it's not time or it's not good for us right now, whether it's because of us or that other thing, whatever it is. So just trusting that God's timing is so beyond perfect. And it gets hard. I mean, the waiting definitely grows weary at times. And you're like, okay, God, seriously, I've been waiting four years for this or however long. Um, But whenever he does make it happen. It's so much more beautiful and so much better than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And so just hanging on to that type of truth whenever you're in that season. That's So that's the lie that I face constantly is, did God really say? And if so, like, why hasn't he given that to mm-hmm. you yet? Or maybe he's not going to use you and just remembering like, no, he's not withholding any good thing from me and his plan is perfect. That's so good. Well, Lisa Turkers always says that God loves us too much to answer our prayers in any other way but the right way and in any other time but the right time. And I always <laughs> go back to that truth because yes. I it's so easy to think that he is withholding me and that we misheard him. So thank you for sharing that from your heart. I know that was probably putting you on the spot, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, on a practical note, for someone who's thinking how does she have a full-time job and still find time to – write a book and uh, love essential oils and (laughs) blog and Instagram. Like what would you say to someone about um, the idea of balance or just like creating a schedule that allows for all the things to happen at once? Yeah. So for me, it's definitely been quite the balancing act and some seasons it's been easier than other seasons. Um, I recently walked through kind of a busier season at work. And so it made it difficult to do some of the things in my side hustles that I love so much. Um, but realizing that I thrive best when I have a schedule and I thrive best when I'm disciplined in that schedule. And discipline is so hard sometimes, but really just writing my schedule down and realizing that this other thing I'm doing outside of work, that's my passion and that I feel is my calling is also, I treat it also like a job. Um, It's more Mm -hmm. fun to me than a a regular job, but I have to honor it like I would my regular job. So for me, when I was writing my book, I wrote down a schedule for kind of a timeline, a project timeline of how I wanted to get it done and, and what timing I wanted to get it done. And I just made sure that I was disciplined to stick to it, whether that was saying no to coffee with people or kind of being a little more MIA for a little while with some friends. I still had that community, but I just had to really balance that time by saying, okay, on Monday and Wednesdays, I'm going to write, when I get home from work, I'm going to write, um, you know, however many words for these, for this book, or whether it's a blog post or whatever it is that you're trying to do on the side is just setting a couple hours aside, maybe two nights a week or whatever is feasible for you. Um, it's a lot easier for me since I am single and live by myself. So I don't really have to worry as much about other people's time. It's a little different if you're married or if you Mm -hmm. are, Mm -hmm. you know, have a family or something, but it's really just assessing your time. And, you know, Lisa Turkers talks about this in her book, The Best Yes, of how she 
had to figure out what her best yes was and it can look different in each season. So for me, some seasons I dedicate more time with certain aspects of my blog, whether it's writing on Instagram or writing on the blog. For For this season with the book, I dedicated more time to writing the book. So it's really just kind of writing out what's actually possible in this season so that you don't get burnt out and then setting your calendar and being disciplined to say yes to that instead of, you know, sometimes it's easy whenever you're doing something like writing to say, oh yeah, I'll just go get coffee with her instead or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's really just Mm -hmm. saying yes to yourself and yes to what God's called you to do to make sure you get that done and honor that as well. Well, I, well, I think I've heard it. Maybe it was Rachel Hollis who said, no one's going to care about your dreams as much as you do. And I think there's a lot of power to that because we can make excuses all day long to not do something. And I have recently become pretty addicted to the next right thing podcast by Emily P. Freeman. And sometimes, and she always says that like, it's, she has an amazing podcast and she's, um, basically the idea is figuring out what to do, um, to make your next right thing happen. And she did one of the episodes, I need to remember which one it was so I can link it in the show notes, but, um, she basically said like, it is important for us to acknowledge the season we're in. Um, so for me, like I knew that in this deployment, I was going to have obviously a lot more time, um, to do something with Daniel being gone. And so Rachel and I decided to do the podcast, but I think, you know, we, we have this issue in our hearts and in our minds when we don't acknowledge where we're, where we are and what season we're in. So I know that when he comes home, I'm going to have to have you know, a pretty significant heart and mind and calendar check to reassess what my life is going to look like and then re realign what it should look like for priorities and a time blocking schedule. And I think that just like what you said, like knowing what you're capable of doing on, you know, Monday, Wednesday afternoon from two to four or whatever it is. Um, and just acknowledging that every season is different so that we don't have this weird, like entanglement in our hearts of wondering why we aren't able to accomplish as much as we used to, or why we're not able to do it, what we think we should be able to do and all of that. So I think that was really practical advice. Um, okay. I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to know if you are reading anything right now, or if you're loving anything right now, just kind of share anything that's really fun for you. Yeah. So I've been reading a book recently. Um, It's by Hannah Brencher. It's called Come Matter Here. And I really loved it because it's really just talking about how to be present where you are. And I think that's so important in today's society because it's easy, especially for me. I'm I'm a bit of a dreamer. And so I love dreaming about the future and all the possibilities of the future and kind of planning ahead. But sometimes I struggle with being present in the season that I'm in and enjoying the season I'm in. So that book has been a huge blessing of just kind of coming back to what matters and where we are and what we're doing in the season that we're in and being obedient in that season. So I definitely recommend that book. Um, Awesome. And other things that have just been giving me life um, kind of outside of that, just taking time sometimes just to have like a night to watch Netflix or whatever, just to kind of uh, wind down sometimes. Uh, My new favorite movie. What are you watching? Yes, what are you watching? (laughs) This is probably silly. My new favorite movie that I watched, and I watched it a couple times now, is To All the Boys I Loved Before. Okay, I've watched it twice. It's so good. (laughs) It's so cute. I don't know what it is, but it makes me so happy. I know, it just makes me so happy. So if I had like a bad day at work or something, I come home and watch that movie and dream of Peter Kavinsky and Laura Jean. Literally, (laughs) 
Yes. There you go. I love it too. That's amazing. Yes. So that those are the things that have been making me happy lately. <laughs> okay. And for anyone who wants to know your favorite Young Living oil, please share it with us here. <laughs> yeah. So probably my top two favorite oils. Um, lavender is a huge one. It helps me sleep. It's just calming and it's a really great one for nighttime. So I usually will diffuse okay. it and put a little bit on the bottoms of my feet. Um, another one that I love, and it's definitely helped me recently when I had um, I had a cold recently, is Thieves. And it's just really good kind of antibacterial and that kind of thing. I'll diffuse it in the house if I feel a cold coming on or I'll um, put it on my feet or something like that to just help with um, just kind of warding off some of those germs and everything. So those are probably my top two favorites. Well, everyone, you can go and follow Courtney on Instagram to hear all about things like books and essential oils, which is the best thing ever. Um, okay, Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We are just so grateful for your willingness to be obedient, and I'm just grateful that your best yes in writing this book is going to bring so much freedom to people as they are just battling lies of the enemy and I'm just grateful for your obedience and your willingness to write this book. And so um, I will link everything that we talked about today in our show notes. And where can everyone find you online? Yeah, thank you. Um, they can find me on Instagram. My handle is Court Hope Wilson. And they can also find me. My blog is The Trailblazer Journal. So both of those are on Instagram. And if you're looking for the book, it's itiswrittenbook.com. And I'd love to connect with you guys. Send me a DM, reach out. I love talking to people. So never hesitate to reach out. I hope y'all loved that episode as much as I did. I think it is so important to come to the realization that we will never be able to find true freedom from the lies when we are saturating our minds with the truth and when we use scripture as our weapon. Rachel and I are so thankful for all of your kind words and comments about the podcast. We would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are so helpful because they allow for someone who may have never heard about our show, find it online, and join our community. You can find everything Courtney and I talked about in today's show notes at our website at BehindTheBoysPodcast.com. Thank y'all so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.